0: Welcome to another episode of our SaaS Story Podcast. I am your host, Ash, and this is a show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights to help you build, launch, and grow your SaaS business. In this episode, I talk to Rebecca Lepod, the founder of Upgrading Women. Rebecca, an exceptional entrepreneur who is making a remarkable impact in the tech and consulting world. Rebecca is a neurodivergent train who has transitioned from a high-powered role in a five-star hotel to a dynamic realm of tech and consulting. As the founder of Upgrading Women, a media company focused on empowering women in the tech industry, Rebecca has become a driving force for change. Her dedication to unlocking the voices of underrepresented individuals stems from her own lived experiences. Rebecca's commitment to her community extends beyond her business as she has taken a pledge to offer pro bono services to make a tangible impact. Join us as we delve into Rebecca's inspiring journey and gain valuable insight from her experiences. So, I hope you enjoy it. Okay, Rebecca, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Okay, do you have a favorite quote or something that inspires or motivates you that you can share?
1: Yep. And of course, the quote came from Beyoncé, the Queen Bee. She said, The best revenge is your paper. As in the paper that shows how much your company is valued. <laughs> your degree and so on. So to me, um, that motivates me whenever I feel discouraged. I'm like, look, I'm trying I'm trying to prove to the haters that I can do it.
0: Yeah, indeed and I I, I couldn't agree more on this one, you know <laughs> that, that that's that the more silent you are and the more your actions are speaking, people are. Yeah, about being on the sofa. Great stuff. Okay. So tell us about Upgrading Women. What does does the service or the consulting service do? Who is it for? And what's the main problem you're helping to solve?
1: Okay. The main problem I'm trying to solve is the fact that female founders barely get funded. Yes or no, right? It's less than 10% of venture capital go to female founders. Despite the fact that Fortune 500 companies led by female CEO actually provide better turnaround, better uh, profit, despite the fact that female uh, investors um, also provide or, or bring better result. despite of everything that is literally in the black and white that, w- that women can do the job. If not better. So I saw that the gap in a lot of um, investment gain is not the capacity or capability it's in traction. Investors wants to see that whatever you, that you're building has traction, potential viable customers, right? So, and what is better? to prove your traction then the perfect brand and content strategy. So that is where I come in. So depending on the needs of these female founders, either they need me as a fractional CMO, or they want me to consult on their pricing strategy, or they want me to build out the entire brand um, development and then literally Um, serve done for you content like they they don't need to lift a finger all they need to do is every week they go through uh, all the draft and approve the content that I produce my team actually not not just me uh, that my team produce for them and that's it because I see the problem not only that we need to provide metrics to potential investors that Um, what we're building has traction but also the confidence that female founders sometimes lacking not that they have um, again, not that they don't have the experience but centuries of cultural (laughs) oppression right? that women has to be meet, women has to conform women don't speak up unless spoken to and so on and the fact that we don't like to toot our own horn is bad for business and at the same time it is uh, easier for us let's say we have a friend a girlfriend who's doing so well in um, her cupcake business we will be so happy to promote them like hey why don't you buy Lisa's cupcake it's so very good tooting another woman's or it's easier for us that's why again that's where i come in because i come in as the content and brand agency and consultant it's easier for me to like look your product is very good this is how we're gonna take it to the market this is how we're going to highlight all of your services and this is how you as a founder has to have your own personal brand we have to put you in the cover of local paper, magazine, and stuff like that. And for all of these female founders to come out of her shell and eventually these potential investors will actually take a second, give them the time of day to, to, and money <laughs> to these yeah, female yeah.
0: Indeed, indeed. So, so. Just, just to reiterate is you basically empower the women's who are seeking funding or help with their brand, business uh, or services uh, in order to get into, into primary channel or limelight, basically. Yeah. And I, I really like the fact that, you know, you have your data straight, you understand why you're doing it, and I, I want to pick up. I want to unwrap that part also. But before we get into that, what I would like is I want to I want to know you more. I would like to understand what was your story. Where did you brought up? How did you you know uh, came into uh, the consulting business?
1: The origin story.
0: Yes, definitely yeah. because Listeners are in love to hear founders' stories, their backgrounds, because, you know, that's how you connect with them, right?
1: Absolutely. And that is what I do for a living. I, I dig up founder stories out of my clients and I tell them to the world. Because even though we feel like, oh, nobody wants to know that, but actually people want to know. People want to know if if they like you share the same value and if they can relate so here goes i um i don't know if listeners can see the video but i'm not white <laughs> that's the first thing about me i'm indonesian i moved to england 3 years ago and i spent the first year without a working visa because of the pandemic, everything was shut down. And I had a very, very, um, I had a very bad depression and inferiority complex. It's not reposter syndrome, uh, because I know I'm not a fraud. I know I can do this job, etc. But I have this impor- inferiority complex because I didn't come from the Western country. I did not graduate from any Ivy League um, school, and English is not my first language. I'm not tall and lean, and everything that I'm not, it's played in front of me because every every day, all I see is successful founders or successful bosses in the social in social media, right? And of course, in the pandemic, You have nothing else to do, (laughs) but scrolling all over social media, giving yourself a FOMO. And after, until one day I was called for like the final interview to be, um, the public relations at a five-star hotel in London, a job that I had been doing for, um, nine years. So I knew I could do the job only for me to be rejected on the spot because first of all, they didn't ask. So I volunteered the information because I said I have three children. And he said to me, "Um, oh, I'm not sure you can handle the pressure, Rebecca. You have to commute from Southampton to London you have 3 young children under the age of 10 you're still breastfeeding everything so i'm like oh my god already i'm insecure and you have to do that um you know
0: <laughs> yeah
1: kill down, down.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and i'm like this is the first world country i thought everyone is woke in this side of the world and that gave me a real insight, a real experience that, oh my God, discrimination is still very much prevalent in London, in a five-star establishment. Um, and then I thought, okay, if I experienced this, so many other women, uh, must have as well. So I did my research and that's how I came up with Upgrading Women. And even when I started talking about. Uh, calling my company upgrading women. I got haters as well saying like, "Rebecca, why why are you upgrading women? Uh, are you giving women plastic surgeries? No. Why do you think the only upgrade women need is a physical appearance? And yeah, even, and even if women want to do plastic surgery, if it makes her feel happy and more confident and make her smile more." I'm all for it. No judgment.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, right? for everyone, even if exactly. if it, or a, a woman or, or non-binary or a man or, or or anybody who identify whatever they want to, it's their own business.
1: Exactly. So, um, that so there's a lot of pushback, and also there's also a, a question like, Rebecca, why did you put women in the name of your business? You are negating half of the population. I'm like, no, no, I'm serving half of the population.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's my niche.
1: It's not even a niche because we're more than half of the population, Ash, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
1: exactly. So it's not even a niche. So people, um, a lot of people, and this is also why it's interesting in the SaaS game for me in choosing a name Mm. Um, and I'm sure you're familiar as I have no idea why uh, you know so many tech companies have brand names that has nothing to do with what they do (laughs) right
0: yeah yeah it just sounds sounds or, or you can remember it or something like that
1: Yes, but if you don't make the connection of what the product does, then it, it would hurt your brand. I mean, yes, of course, we know that Shell is not selling seafood. It's selling petrol, <laughs> right? We, we know that Starbucks is selling coffee. It has nothing to do with the word, But in the game of... Because this is my day-to-day um A job now to try to take SaaS companies to go to market. And I think we have to now become more and more conservative with the lower C in terms of naming our brands because it's not going to be unless you are, um, you have a massive amount of money to burn. Just for people to connect the name with your product, then may as well you know call a spade a spade. It's better for a SEO anyway.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, I totally agree with that. Okay, great. So, so you you face some cha- so challenges in terms of you know even you know for the basic to even settle down you know on a basic level. And then face challenges where you know you, you got discriminated on the basis of just because you have three kids and 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 you know, I, I I totally understand the the struggles you might have gone through because of this kind of you know behavior in in the hospitality industry. And, uh, am I am I correct? It is it is hospitality right?
1: It was hospitality industry, um, but at the same time, any industry you would not ask. Or even comment with same comment if it, it was a man with three children.
0: Mm, mm. Yeah, because people people just assume that if he if the man has three kids, then there is a woman in his life who's <laughs> taking care of the kids.
1: There's somebody else. Yeah,
0: <laughs> somebody else. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I I understand that. Okay. So 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 let's let's pick from there. You had the epiphany. So when you had this epiphany, did you look into the market? where there are other products or services? What was going on at that time? And what did you see, your research, that encouraged you to move ahead with the journey?
1: Okay. I'm going to offend a lot of people when I say this. So coming from Asia, where tech and design is adopted very early on, like, if you make it big in Asia as a, as a SaaS product, you've made it, right? Um, and when I moved to England, again, people, when you hear a British accent, almost automatically by bias, you think, oh, they're smart, they're posh and, and whatnot. And when I got here, I saw a lot of businesses in general, not in any uh, particular sector, the their brand look as in their website their logos um, all of their interface they look like they haven't graduated from Y2K <laughs> they're still in web 2 era and 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 these businesses are making a lot of money these are profitable businesses that i've seen so it's not that they don't have the funds to hire a designer plus you know, please, there's Kanva, right? <laughs> so, for me, um, if your brand identity is still not at the pace where the market is. There's something missing. and even if you are winning at the moment, you have to be ready for a new player to come and take over, um, and actually dominate your sector. And, and in this day and age, in the web three era, there's nothing more important than brand. And we all agree, right? You can have the exact same function. Like you and I ask, we use TidyCal, yeah, instead of Calendly, right? TidyCal. Has basically the same functionality as Calendly, right? But because Calendly has a bigger brand, bigger partnership with Salesforce, et cetera, they're charging 10x of what Tiny Cal if, if if that. I'm sure it's more of a lifetime value, right? So investing in brands will give you dividends in hundreds of millions of old and and I see that people in Europe, especially the UK, are still quite lax, are still quite slacking in their branding game, um, not to mention personal brand, whereas people in the US, they are already in the their personal branding game since they're teenagers. They have their own brand all over TikTok and everything, right? And so I thought, okay. Even though at the beginning I thought I'm inferior because I came from the third world country, but in fact, there is still space for improvement in this in this area in this uh, in this region. So during my research, I told myself, you know what, Rebecca, you still have a chance. you still have a place because you can, What you have to to bring to the table, they still need. There's still a need. If I go to Silicon Valley today, offering what I offer, probably I'm um I'm just uh, um considered. I would be considered as a cookie cutter.
0: Yeah, yeah. You'll be you'll be like a Facebook in the world of TikTok.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Or or just um like. Every Tom Dick and Harry have their own marketing agency. Right? Um there's no like super AI technology that I'm providing. I'm what I provide is old school empathy. I um every time I serve my client, I never skip the part where I spend a whole month studying the empathy map of their users and their competitors and the competitors users. A lot of uh, potential clients who don't get it, who don't get the quote unquote old school marketing game think that Rebecca, why can't you produce content for me since the, the get go since month one? No, I want to really know who you are, who you're serving. Clean that you're trying to uh, to kill for your customers and how I'm going to describe those pain and the killer, the painkiller, right? So I'm not going to just jump in and um, spray and pray. And that's a lot of... Um, I see a lot of smaller or newer or younger player in the branding game doing that because... And, and this is the, uh, what I've seen a lot of, especially Gen Z because they are native to social media and they use it on a day to day basis. They think, oh, I've done social media. I personally have a gazillion followers. I can do that for, for brands and for companies. But that's of course a different game, right? You're trying to sell something here for that company because for your own personal um, Instagram, you get likes, but for brands, you want them to get actual dollar. You want them to get actual money, not just the likes. That is why there's a disconnect, and that is why I have the confidence to. You know what? Even though I'm uh, I'm not from around here, even though I don't have a uh, Ivy League degree, and even though I'm an older millennial, I know that what I have. Um is still something that is missing in the market,
0: missing in the market. And and I want to and you mentioned a couple of times about you know your team yeah and the business model and and yeah, I want to pick up on that. But before that, what I would like to uh, know is 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 the whole business is bootstrap? Have you taken any investment till date, or how how does it operate currently?
1: My business is bootstrap. The only external funding that we have was uh, that I was awarded a grant by the Portsmouth City Council. Thank you very much. (laughs) And so I applied for the grant exactly a year ago and exactly um, August 2022 that I was uh, announced as one of their grantees, as one of the promising uh, startup based out of Portsmouth.
0: Mm-hmm. that's really good that's really good congratulations um, so 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 tell me tell me how how does upgrading women differentiate the services uh, of, of of what you guys offer uh, when competing against the lights of upgrading? yeah because you know that will that will differentiate the whole as you define that your brand from a service mm-hmm. perspective
1: You, you would be surprised with my answer. You know, the key to happy life is a happy wife. (laughs) The key to cool creative marketing is to have cool creative marketers who are happy with their job. So my job as a leader is to make my team members everyday life. Happy. I am chief happiness officer. Honestly.
0: Aha. Uh-huh. Oh.
1: Exactly. So we use technology to, um, our team is, is global. I have a team member, um, sitting in Paris right now. I have, um, team members in Asia as well. And obviously we have different time zones and on top of different time zones we have different uh, working style some of some are night owls etc some have parent responsibilities some are single single moms oh i hire exclusively women as well um and every day they check in not only that they check in saying that oh i i'm i'm doing this Um, LinkedIn, I'm doing that newsletter, or I'm doing SEO blog for this client, but they also check in using uh, another uh, app called Amber, also female founded, by the way. So every day they put in like how well they slept last night, what their mood is um, today, if there's anything that their team can help with, like in particular, like, oh, I need a backup. On this graphic design, please, because I cannot do this so-and-so anima- animation, for example. So we create, and, and all of us are strangers, right? We're colleagues, but we started as strangers. And now we would know like when the other, the other team member is having um, a period, for example. <laughs> because of course, our hormones... Govern our mood, right? And, um, and if one is at a brink of a burnout, I'm like, Hey, we have unlimited personal leave, take a day off. It's an order. But that's my, uh, that's the key differentiating point is in my team. Anyone, anyone can have access to the actual software, Photoshop, Canva, uh, what have you. Right, and anyone can go to any courses any have any certification, but if you work in the team that you love, the output of your work will be head and shoulder above your peers
0: uh, so basically your core difference of your of your agency or your service is your team yeah is. Happy and they're happy what they're doing that makes their work more, um, comparatively more, um, uh, I guess, uh, impactful for the businesses they're serving. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, you, and you, you paid, produce.
1: And they're paid twice the minimum salary.
0: There you go. That's also making them happy.
1: well but you know as well that money cannot buy happiness right but at the same time I also I vote with my money I'm like okay you need to be taken care of that's the whole point of money right if you're taken care of you're not worried about rent you're not worried that your data plan is gonna run over you know if everything is taken care of And your boss is not giving you stress, your colleague is supportive, everyone has a good sense of humor. It's it doesn't feel like work. You just you're just being paid to be using your talent. Your talent is in writing, you copyright for me. Your talent is in drawing, you become my illustrator. And today, just just after this podcast, I'm gonna interview uh another lady to be my paid ads specialist. Mm. And yeah, it's oh, all it's all come naturally for for us to just okay. We need we need another uh another colleague. Let's bring in another colleague. is yeah.
0: is, is there a chance you hire a male uh, podcast interviewer?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have to say the only way for a male to get hired is nepotism. So I would probably hire my son to <laughs> to record me. Or I, I do hire for free my husband yes. um, to prove read my newsletter. So those are yes. uh, <laughs> So those are my male allies.
0: <laughs> yeah. Great stuff, great stuff. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. So so you mentioned uh, a couple of times. so, so could, could you give us a sense of the size of the business? Where are you in terms of revenue, number of customers? and, and also about the size of the team?
1: We are a team of eight, soon to be nine. Um, and we have, uh, now because we have, um, like SAS, we have individual package and we have enterprise package. Um, now we are sitting at five individual packages and two enterprise clients. Um, I'm not going to disclose the revenue. Because what I'm going to disclose is my profit. At the moment, the profit is zero. (laughs) Not negative, but zero because I reinvest everything into the business. I would happily pay new software for, to make my team members job easier. You know, it's against. A lot of bosses, the way they think, like, why, why is it my job to make your job easier? Right. But for me, it's like, okay, you tell me what software you need, what app you need to do your job better and faster and I'll pay for it. Or for example, as, as simple as this, my sales team, she's, she's doing sales for me on LinkedIn, but how can she operate? Op- at optimum level, if her LinkedIn page is not a premium um, profile, right? Who's gonna pay for it? The company will pay for it. And I would um, implore for every company out there whose sales and marketing and whoever that could be their like um, brand ambassador, you know their employees that who are active on LinkedIn, Pay for their LinkedIn subscription, you know, because if they're doing well, if they are seen as the thought leader on a social platform, it is your company name that also has um, that that will get the shine, you know, get the spotlight as well. Right. So, yeah, um I reinvest everything because for me, it's a long game. This company is barely a year old. I'm not about to take profit in year one, year two. As soon as I get um, a new client, I onboard a new employee. As soon as I get any uh, leftover in the bank, I enroll um, coaching for me and my team members. Everything is for a long game. Because if it's a short game, to be honest with you, I would just rather be a freelancer and just have clients and um, pay me straight into my bank account right but no I want to create jobs for women and that is why I only hire women Ash because men get hired easily and you know that I have experienced the other way around so I want to pay it forward to all the women who have the talent but nobody believes in them I'm saying like look talk to me You don't have to have like five, six layers and faces of interviews. Talk to me. I see if you have the grit. I want to see if you have the ambition, the willingness to learn, the willingness to be chill and be genuinely a nice person. (laughs) Then you can work for me. I'll pay you a lot better than anyone else would pay you um, in the country uh, where you live.
0: Yeah, makes it makes it. And and you seem very enthusiastic about, you know, the the, the, the support you provide to the to the women and and I, I like it because, you know, I don't see many people who are doing it without any interest. And and following that, what I would like to ask you is, can you share a specific moment in your entrepreneur journey where you had to anticipate potential challenges and make decisions that would impact the future of your s- startup?
1: Well, one of the hardest uh, things um, is when I had to uh, terminate someone in from my team. Um, and another one is when I had to terminate a client. Um, especially when I had to terminate, excuse me, a client. At the time, they were my only client. That was the only source of revenue we had. But I knew that, as I said earlier, money cannot buy happiness. It cannot cure your mental illness if if you're so dejected and depressed working on this particular client, for example it's not worth it so yeah and i had to make that decision and i and i secretly uh i secretly um was running out of um runway as well and i already told uh i told my husband okay i only have two more months of runway after that i don't know what i'm gonna do i i will have to lay off my team and. And of course, because I was, I managed to remove, quote unquote, the cancer, I was happier. I had more bandwidth. And almost immediately, within a month, I got an enterprise client who's paying three times of the amount that that client that I terminated paid. So, yeah. Patience and persistence and, I guess, principle really pay off.
0: Indeed. And I couldn't agree more. You know, sometimes we just keep taking the, you know, pardon, you know, uh, the shit from our customers. Um, But what we, we have to do in reality is to make sure if actually this client works for you, because ultimately it's not just, about the client, it's also about you because you're working together. And that's what I, I like about the story that you made a tough decision, and it turned out to be a good one. So
1: yeah, you know, but of course, at the time, nobody knew. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly, exactly. It's all about the risk, right?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God. It's not like at the time I was I had to choose between client A and client B. No, this was between client A, um, and and running out of runway.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. And and as you mentioned, and as you mentioned about the mental health, you would love to listen to the last podcast I'm about to release with a gentleman who has the uh, an app for mental health. So you will you will see that email. So going forward, then let's talk. You know, delightful. Can you share a delightful customer success story that uh, showcases the venue, your services?
1: Oh my god! Oh my god! which one do I do I choose okay just just quick ones because I want to share a few i helped one um clean tech founder raise uh 32 uh thousand pounds crowdfunding within 3 months by helping her with um press um coverage personal branding all within all within three months work and i have another one so now she is uh using that crowdfunding money to build her prototype because she's building a universal electric vehicle uh, charger so that you know uh drivers with disability can access it too fantastic right exactly and i um and there's another client story that um, this is a long game, not just, uh, about raising funds or anything, but, uh, just a week ago, my client said to me, Rebecca, thanks to your copywriting, uh, with our new tagline. Now people actually understand what our marketplace does because again, the challenge of tech product and tech services is to explain to the world what they do, right? (laughs) As we discussed earlier, because a lot of things are new and disruptive. So we have to find a good, effective way to explain what we do and who we help. And that is a challenge um, in itself. So the fact that my client um, got a breakthrough just quote unquote, just because of one simple sentence that I wrote. Um for me, that is that validates my worth. Like how can you you cannot then that's why I never charge by the word count. I never charge by the hour. Because you can come up with a great slogan in five seconds. Right? how are you going to charge yeah. somebody who came up with 90s exactly exactly somebody who came up with 90s just do it you know imagine if they were uh, paid by the word count
0: <laughs> yeah great great so so you know as, as we are heading towards the end mm-hmm. uh before we Art and go into our lightning round. What I would like to know is throughout your journey and experience, there must have been valuable lessons learned. And, you know, if you don't mind sharing, mm-hmm. could you reflect on your experiences that yeah. mm-hmm. plus about a mistake or a setback mm-hmm. that you encounter along the way that you now consider maybe not a regret, but a l- lesson learned, you know? Yeah. And, and Based on that, additionally, what advice could you give our listeners Mm -hmm. based on that experience?
1: Oh, um, I used to think um, perfection is what we should strive for. Yeah. And what a mistake it was! And I think because I was brought up in an analog world, whereas. Mm once something is printed, it's printed. Right. But now not only in the digital world, but in cloud. And the lesson learned for me is like, um, well I have now, if I'm honest with you, I have a thousand sheets of unused and unusable brochure. (laughs) Yeah. So I wasted money printing that, um, because. Now, the speed is the one that matters. The speed uh, where you make decision. the speed where you pivot your business when necessary, the speed where you change tactics, you change pricing. So I remember I was sitting for days to make such perfection so that I can print the brochures. And now that brochure is... Basically recycle the <laughs> material. Uh, so, so now I learned that, you know what, now we have cloud. We're even more than, than just digital. We have cloud computing. If I'm writing a proposal today, because all of our proposals at Upgrading Women is web-based. So we sent out an actual, you know, microsite for every uh, potential client. So even if I send it right now and in five minutes, I realize that there's a typo, I can still fix it, right? But that means at the same time, I also don't have to like meditate before I send out a proposal. (laughs) Whereas all of my competitors would be churning out proposals left, right and center because speed is a factor in this game. So, done is better than perfect. That is the lesson.
0: Perfect. perfect. I love that lesson. You know, a lot of founders we have in our community, they they just procrastinate on the fact that, oh, I want to make my product perfect, pixel perfect, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And they just kept delaying it, and then it just never happened. Whereas if you launch it, lots of bugs, people will still say, oh, there is a product, it has one bug, but you can always fix is
1: it. That. Beta. We're always going to be in beta. If you think that we are always going to be in beta, you know that you are not chasing for the alpha. You're just always going to be on beta. It's an iterative process. That's the thing. That's the beauty of being in Web3. Because again, before, Mm -hmm. when you want to publish anything, it has to be read three times over because there's no edit function in newspaper. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right?
0: Yeah, definitely. Great stuff. So, okay, we should wrap up now. So, we are going into the lightning round. So, I've got six quick fire questions for you. Yep. So, you know, I to answer them as quickly as you can. Okay, you ready? Yeah. All right. What's one of the best piece of business advice you have received?
1: That nobody is really actually a competition.
0: Perfect. What book would you recommend to our audience and why?
1: Oh, Read um, Indra Nooyi's memoir. It's called My Life in Full. The reason is because she is a woman, uh, a Gen X from India, and she became the CEO and chairman, chairwoman of PepsiCo. And now she's sitting at the board of directors of Amazon. You have a a thing or two to learn from. her.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've heard about it. I have to add this book into my reading.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What's one attribute or characteristics in your mind of a successful father?
1: Resilience. And sense of humor.
0: Oh, yeah. You need that too, isn't it? <laughs> those two.
1: That, those two will be in your survival kit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. What's your favorite personal productivity tool or habit?
1: Um, I use ClickUp. And Slack, um, so those two, um, yeah, that's that's my my religion of choice.
0: Perfect. What's a new or a crazy business idea you would love to pursue if you had the time?
1: It's not new. It's not. Um, um so I'm. It's in the pipeline. I'm going to build a virtual assistant agency mm-hmm. because there are so many so so many new entrepreneurs that is in a brink of a burnout and at the same time don't have the budget or the hr capacity to hire yet the bridge in that gap is virtual assistants and because i know how to tr- how to select train and retain people mm. i think i can be a very good fairy godmother to a lot of emerging VAs in the world. And this is also very good for, again, the female workforce, remote digital nomad workforce. So this is a perfect win, win, win situation for everyone. So that is my 2024 plan is to launch a virtual agency, um, virtual assistant agency, so stay tuned.
0: And last but not least, what's an interesting or fun fact about you that most people don't
1: know? I cannot draw and I cannot sing. I'm a very oh, creative no. person. I'm highly, highly <laughs> creative. I cannot draw and I cannot sing.
0: <laughs> uh, I, was, I was thinking to invite you for karaoke nights with founders, but there you go.
1: <laughs> well, good <laughs> for <foreign> a <laughs> laugh. I they have a lot humor, so yeah, you can invite me as the clown.
0: Yeah, uh, or or the stand-up comedian.
1: Exactly, you know. exactly. I have a, yeah. a few a few people already mentioned in the past uh, months. You're you're already like the fifth person who told me to go on a stand-up comedy. <laughs> yeah, that that would be my fall, fallback career.
0: Yeah so so thank you so much for joining me and sharing your story and unpacking you know last few years of building this business and some of the ups and downs along the way and um, so if if people want to check out upgrading women what's the website where they they will find it
1: it's upgradingwomen.com but of course i would yes for you to just connect with me on linkedin because everything that you were listening just now i share on a daily basis on linkedin in very in a lefty funny way. So imagine if Daily Mail had a sense of humor and <laughs> and actually laughed <leftly. laughs> That's me.
0: Although I, I literally literally laugh at Daily Mail's tweets anyways. You know, oh, yeah. Even though they're being <laughs> sarcastic.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I absolutely. Mean, Thank you for having okay.
0: me. Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your inspiring journey and the impactful work you're doing, you know, through a grading movement. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on SaaS Stories Podcast.
1: Yeah, pleasure your line.
0: Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of our SaaS Stories Podcast. I hope you found our conversation with Rebecca insightful and inspiring. If you're a founder or industry expert, interested in sharing your story on our SaaS podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out. Simply email me at ash at artcircles.com and let's connect for a potential interview opportunity. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and stay updated on future interviews with proven founders and industry experts. We have a lineup of incredible guests and valuable insights coming your way. Stay inspired, stay motivated and keep building.